Also, um, there's an incredible amount of uh, meetups taking place in the evenings in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, in Herzliya, in Netanya, in Haifa. There's a tremendous amount of networking going on. Um, there are a lot of events. There are a lot of events that are free to attend, uh, and you can go and you can examine and you can meet with companies. You can see demonstrations of their products. There's so much out there. The key here is not to sit in your apartment. Get out. Get out. And if you're a shy person, learn how to network. <laughs> learn how to go into a room and start talking to people. Yeah. And people will be responsive to you. And once they hear what you've done, what your experience is, again, promoting you know, your assets, um, then they will be very open to talking to you and helping you. And uh, it's, it's an amazingly you know, um, cooperative uh, society here as far as helping people. Now here's the question. If everything about professional success in Israel is related to connections and who you know, then how do you build and maintain such a network, especially if you're starting from scratch? This podcast is the answer. Whether you're a job seeker, an entrepreneur, or a social activist, you need a community behind you to succeed. You need to network yourself to success, especially if you're not just looking for a career, but rather the career. My name is Jaren Neiman, and I believe networking is a craft which anyone can learn to master. Because when the main currency is trust, it does not really matter whether you're an extroverted or an introverted. So in this podcast, we dive deep into how to create, nurture, and strengthen professional relationships in an authentic and genuine manner. Hello and welcome to the Network Yourself to Success podcast. My name is Janine Nieman. I'm here in the studio with David Leichner. So uh, before we start our podcast, I'm very excited about it. Um, I want to give a shout out to Google for Startup Campus. Uh, Google's home for startups, and Google offers startups the opportunity to gain access to Google products, connections, and best practices, as well as programming and events for startups. We are now here in their studio, the Creator Studio, a state-of-the-art video and podcast room available to startups for free. For more info on all things Campus, check out their website, www.campus.co forward slash Tel Aviv. So thanks, Google, and thanks, David, for coming in today. I'm very happy to be here. Okay, Thank great. You. So this is the first time we are, we are recording here with video, um, so I'm very excited about that. So why don't you give a small introduction about you made Aliyah many years ago, um, your, your, your story, your Aliyah story, and um, what are you doing today? Okay, so uh, my name is David Leishner, and I made Aliyah back in 1988. And um, you could say that I've been living the Israeli startup dream um, <laughs> over the last uh, 31 years. It's been, it's been a really incredible ride. So um, I came here uh, single. Um, I came here with a bachelor's degree in computer information systems, and I had started a degree in, in the States in uh, marketing and international business. And... Uh, actually, at the time, marketing wasn't what it is today. Um, when you talked about shivuk, people said, oh, mechirot, you know, sales, <laughs> but they didn't say marketing. Um, today, I'm actually a member of the uh, GCMO um, group, which is a group of marketeers, very serious marketeers, which was started a while back. And um, it's it's a it shows what's happened in the country in marketing over the last 30 years that uh, today we have this incredible group of marketing professionals that are actually, uh, you know, taking the company onward and forward. So my personal Aliyah, I made Aliyah in 1988. Um, about a year later, I, I met my uh, wife-to-be. Uh, at first, she wasn't sure she wanted to marry me, so I had to enlist in the Army in order to, uh, to get her to agree. 
Uh, I actually enlisted early in the army. I went into how a, old were you? I was uh, 26 years old. Okay, so, this is exactly the same when I made Aliyah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I had three years, and I actually enlisted after a year and a half, and I went into a combat unit into Khermesh. And I said, you know, it would be really great if you organize the wedding when uh, when I'm in the army. And so finally, about a week before I en- I actually went in, she agreed. <laughs> uh, today we have five children. Amazing. <laughs> so it sure. was it was a good uh, startup. Um, <laughs> I've actually been involved in several startups in my career. One was uh, it was getting married. The other I've been living in a in a yeshuv called Nofay Alone since 1995, the beginning of 95. We were from the first families that moved into this new yeshuv. Uh, today we have over 4,000, I think it's over 4,500 people living in the yeshuv. Um, I'm on my second stint um, as part of the Maskirut, the secretariat of the yeshuv. So this was the uh, another startup that I was involved in outside of the, the business world. And this, uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, it's between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv on the... It's on the highway. Oh, on the highway. <laughs> right. North Ayalon. Right. Between um, Latrun and Modin. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, if we narrow it down a little bit. Um, and I've worked in uh, various companies throughout my career. I'd say uh, the the longest stint I had was at Magic Software, which were, where I was there for 10 years. I was for six years the vice president of global marketing and business development. Uh, after that, I was with um, another small company of uh, $150 million revenue, I think we, we were at at the time, called Blue Phoenix Solutions, um, Gilat Satellite Networks. And throughout, I, I pocketed in a few startups, uh, Unipeer, SafePeak, where I was the CEO for a year, um, uh, and an investor in that company, uh, Dynasec, uh, which was sold to Checkpoint. So I've had some good runs, uh, both on the, let's say, bigger company side as well as on the startup side. Um, throughout the, you know, from 2000 onward, I also invested in several startups. One of them went public to Tel Aviv uh, Stock Exchange, and a couple of others are still in operation. And today I'm the CMO of Scream, uh, which is actually two buildings down. And what we're doing at Scream is we are enabling very large companies like uh, LG, Samsung, large banks, and so on, to analyze a lot more of their data uh, very quickly by creating software that runs on GPU technology and uh, the fastest uh, processors in the market. So we have this software which enables them to ingest data very quickly and to analyze that data. So we're talking you know, hundreds of terabytes to petabytes of data um, being analyzed. Amazing. So, um, so you, how did you get started? How did uh, how did you start um, in general with, with getting your first job in Israel? How okay, um, actually, my first job in Israel—that's a that's a very interesting question. After I made it Aliyah, we actually went back to America for two years uh, to finish my. I wanted to finish my master's degree. Uh, we I finished the degree. I came right back, which was the plan, and I started working for the company here that I, I was working for while I was going to school in the evening in America, um, which was Information Builders, and I saw an advertisement in the Jerusalem Post. Uh, for a marketing genius with five years of Ivy League education, um, <laughs> and um, no five five years sorry Ivy League education five years of experience and a marketing genius who knows um, application development environment, and I sent in my my resume, and I wrote um, I'm a marketing genius I didn't go to an Ivy League school and I wrote why even though I I, I could have according to my grades. Um, I don't have five years experience, I have three years experience, but most importantly, I just spent the last three years working for your largest competitor in New York City. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a really important point because as we discuss what it is that people need to focus on when they're looking for employment here in Israel, you should always focus on 
um, what you have to offer. And, you know, you should look at your individual assets and play those assets as much as you can. So I came into the company and I interviewed with the vice president of marketing, a guy called uh, Jeffrey Starr, who's today the CMO at Algosec. Um, I call him my mentor. He, he's a great guy, and I, I'd say I did my PhD in marketing with him. And I interviewed with David Asia, who uh, was the CEO of Magic Software. Um, he might you might know him more these days as being the chairman of iAngels, or the he was the chairman of eToro. So, then the Asia family is quite uh, active in the market here. And um, at the end of the recruitment process, they were interested. I was interested. I also had another potential offer. And they said to me, okay, so we'd like you to write a competitive analysis um, of information builders and magic and touch on all the, you know, the details where we can really get them and uh, you know, compete against them in the market. And so then the chutzpah comes in because uh, I think you need a little bit of that also in the market. And I said to them, that will be my first assignment after you sign on my employment contract. <laughs> and uh, that's basically what happened. And uh, that was my first assignment. <laughs> so they basically took you on, on before you even proved that you, you could it, but the chutzpah you had and the, the attitude you had, that, that was what they took you on. Yeah, they took, I think they took me on my background, um, yeah, the way course. I uh, presented myself in the meeting, which was um, another part of how you should need to interview in this country, which is to come in um, having done your homework, uh, and that's extremely important, to understand where you can add value in the company, um, as well as the added value that I just uh, worked for uh, their largest competitor. Um, over the years, I've helped people to find employment um, by sitting with them and understanding what they can offer. Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine um, who I met, I did one year stint in England um, back in 2002. And we, when we were coming back, some friends of ours from England who they were, they were, the husband was looking to find a job in Israel. And so I started talking to him, what, were, you know, what are the things you've worked on? What are, where are your benefits? And he said to me, look, we compete with SAP Business One. So it just so happened that two weeks later, I was back in Israel, and I had a meeting with the CEO of SAP Business One, Udi Ziv, who's today the CEO of Ernix, I believe. Um, and I said to him, you know, do you compete in, this, in Israel with this particular product? And he said, we don't compete in Israel. We complete, compete worldwide outside of Israel. I said, does anybody, do you, know, you know, have anybody who knows this product really well? He said, no. I said, there's a guy making Aliyah next week from England. He's an expert, and you should grab him because he knows this product inside out. And he took him, and that was back in 2004. And now we're in 2020, and he's still working for SAP uh, wow. here in Israel. Yeah. So, so, so great. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the, how the network culture is here in Israel. Um, how do you how do you get a, get around, and how would you start knowing what you know now with the experience you have now about uh, reaching out to people, about nurturing relations? Um, how how uh, how would you start now if you came here and were looking for your first job and you had no connections? Okay. Yeah. So uh, as people. Many people know Israel is quite an informal society when it comes to the high-tech scene. Um, there are a lot of um, events out there. There are a lot of meetups. There are a lot of places that you can go and you can meet people and you can talk to people. Um, the first place I always say to start with is friends and family, just like with investments. You should talk to the... First of all, you should... Uh, let's start with, with uh, step one. Step one, take stock in what you have to offer and... Um, decide for yourself what would be the optimal position for you. Uh, 
Don't just you know say, I want a job because I need my first job in Israel. But you should actually think about what it is that I can bring to the table and what will make me happy in the day-to-day uh, of my job. Because if you're happy, you will perform better, and then you can move on to you know the next thing. So whenever I'm meeting with people, I, you know, we go through their background and I say, okay, so do you still have connections in the financial industry? Do you still have connections in the pharma industry? And depending on where they had been, um, a guy who I met with uh, about six months ago, mm-hmm. um, he had been in Verizon for many, many years, and um, he had a lot of contacts still in, in Verizon, one of the biggest telecoms in America. I said, great, this is a card you can play. You can play it with Nice, you can play it with you know, Amdocs, you can play it with other, you know, some of the other large companies that are selling into the telecom industry. So first of all, take stock in what it is that you have to offer. The second bit of advice, don't try to make a major career change you know, overnight when you come to Israel. So if you've been a Rebbe or you've been a, you know, if you've been, a, you know, leading a, a community as a rabbi for many years, you know, don't all of a sudden say, okay, now I'd like to be a strategic alliance business development person. Mm-hmm. You know, major shifts in, in what you're doing take you out of your comfort zone. It takes you out of where you, you know, what you have to offer. And you should pretty much, you know, continue on the same line um, with what you were doing, uh, you know, before you made Aliyah. That said... If what you were doing is not in high demand, so for example, if you were a pulpit rabbi in the States, um, or you were doing something, um, I once had a guy who I met with who was a network manager for a very large hospital, making a very good salary. But the problem is when he comes to Israel, there are a lot of people who have just come out of the army that they can pay a lot less or no, no much more advanced technologies um, that he'd be competing against. And I said, I think you need to find you know, a different niche that maybe you should think about. So, so basically, I would say that it would be to find your zone of genius or your, your unfair advantage first or look a little bit about where your strengths are. Um, and that's, I, I, I usually do an easy exercise with people. I usually say, like, map out three circles, map out your passions, your skills, and what the market really needs uh, right now. Where in between there in that sweet spot, that's going to be, that's your strength. That's what you have, your unique skills and we can talk about it but we need to first of all analyze um what is your unique selling point right uh, and then use that and see how you can use it for what you can offer before you go in uh, in in any any meeting with, with with someone who could actually help you or know someone who could help you identify for yourself so they can better help you basically that's, exactly that's exactly exactly right. and then we get into what we could call personal branding so you want to be able to show a face um even, even before you start talking to friends and family, make sure that your LinkedIn is updated. Make sure that you have a good profile picture, that you're serious. You know, Depending on what industry you're looking to get into, you can have a background picture. Everything that you have in your profile should be um, what you want to portray to your the potential first employee, employer that you'll be going into uh, because they will look at it. And guess what? They will also look at your Facebook and they'll look at your Twitter. And so, you know... You, you want to be careful with what you have um, you know, on all of these uh, social uh, media. Um, friends and family, start talking to uh, people even before you make Aliyah. Um, you, more than likely, you have friends that already made Aliyah. More than likely, you have communities you're thinking of moving into. You've already come on some kind of a pilot run. Um, talk to the people. Find out what companies they're working in. If uh, they have contacts into, uh, I'll call them one to many uh, venture capitalists or accelerators. Um, these are organizations that generally handle many companies, um, and they might have contacts into, um, you know, let's say the management of these uh, 
these portfolio uh, venture companies. Um, and try to write a list for yourself of the people that you should be meeting with in order to start networking. And you know, once you meet with one, they'll put you on to another and another and another. I had just last night, I had a meeting with um, a startup that is uh, basically starting out. Uh, they're working in the healthcare industry. And they started asking me questions that was out of my, my zone. So I said to them, you know, but there's somebody, one of our, the neighbors here, was somebody actually from my issue, um, who was a vice president of a company that you should definitely speak to him. He can give you the market inside out. So once you meet the first person, they'll put you on to the next, the next, the next, the next. And um, I received a really nice email um, from a guy I met with who I had no idea why um, he was sent to me. But he seemed to um, enjoy the conversation that we had, and I gave him apparently some really good ideas. And he wrote back to me saying, you know, I really appreciate the advice that you gave me. I just wanted to tell you that about six weeks ago, I started working as the advisor for the new chairman of Bank Lumi. Mm, wow. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed that, that email. Um, and he had done it through networking. And he had done it through the high-level, you know, relationships that he was able to build up. So the friends and family are, are really important. And then, and I want to just add yeah. something here um, because it is um, it is actually uh, this is rare. I think that when people come and make aliyah or they come to, to whatever new country you come here to Israel, is that you don't have any connections at all. Either you do have family, you have friends, but also even like I'm from Denmark, right? So I'll, the first ones you reach out to is really the Danish connections here, right? Anyone who knows someone who's Danish. So there will always no rarely do people really make Aliyah alone, that alone. Even though you don't have your family with you, there, must, there are always like some old connections who made Aliyah and you really need to just map that out and um, and then ping those first. So that's that's true. People are less lo less alone than you really think you are, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are organizations here, the Aliyah organizations here do a tremendous job in uh, hooking people up. So you can consider them also part of your friends and family. Exactly. Because they are definitely friends. Exactly. And, and Gvaim is one of those. <laughs> Gvaim is definitely one of those. Um, there are others. Nefesh Benefesh, Kalita if you're French. Right. There's, there's so many so many organizations. No question. And, and you know what? We have this tremendous advantage uh, that we have these organizations and you will... You will not find them in every country, and uh, you know th this is something you definitely should take advantage of. And I know, like myself, there are many others that meet people on a regular basis, whether it's uh, daily, weekly, monthly. Uh, we really try to um, to help and uh, uh, just you know I'll give you right now my my email David at scream com s q r e a m dot com. You can reach out to me whenever you want, and uh, you know if I'm busy, it might take a day or two, but uh, I will get back to you, and hopefully uh, you know we will meet up. And how would you say is um, is a good way to a, a good way to to approach you or approach let's say anyone else? But let's say if you were approached by Nole that came, let's say he's a marketing degree from the University of Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. uh, and he comes, he, he has two years experience, and he reaches out to you for for what? How would you how would you pen that email? How would you formulate it? Okay, so. Um like I said, I would take asset of what I have to offer. So if I have two years of experience, I would put simply, um, I recently made Aliyah. 
Um, I'm trying to get a feel for the market. Uh, these are the things that I've done in marketing. These are the types of companies I've worked for. I'd really appreciate if we could meet for a short half-hour coffee meeting, um, you know, to touch base and to, uh, you know, and to see how we can, you know, potentially collaborate on helping me find job in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so basically reaching out and. Very informally. It doesn't have to be, you know, I had a guy who I met with back in 1998. It was actually a friend of my sister's, and he showed up with a suit and tie um, to a high-tech company. And I said to him, you can, you know, I, I gave him advice. I said, I don't have a job for you. I said, but next time uh, you go on the interview, drop at least the tie. <laughs> and I actually hired him two years later when I had uh, an opening. So he didn't wear the tie. He didn't have the jacket either. <laughs> exactly. I also, my first job interview in Israel, I came in with a suit and tie. Luckily for me, I'm from Denmark and he was from Sweden. So he understood why I did it. <laughs> but I'm not sure that it would have been working in, a, in, in let's say, an Israeli startup. They would right. just feel it was awkward and that I didn't fit in. The culture. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we talked about friends and family. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a minute about alumni organizations, which um, almost every uh, major university in the U.S. has some kind of an alumni organization here in Israel. Um, some of the other countries have them as well. Uh, I know from France there are some, from England there are some. Um, you should definitely hook up with uh, those alumni organizations, and to, it's another place where you can meet people. And also... Um, There's an incredible amount of uh, meetups taking place in the evenings in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, in Herzliya, in Netanya, in Haifa. There's a tremendous amount of networking going on. Um, there are a lot of events. There are a lot of events that are free to attend. Uh, and you can go and you can examine and you can meet with companies. You can see demonstrations of their products. There's so much out there. The key here is not to sit in your apartment. Get out. Get out, and if you're a shy person, learn how to network. <laughs> learn how to go into a room and start talking to people. Yeah. And people will be responsive to you. And once they hear what you've done, what your experience is, again, promoting you know, your assets, um, then they will be very open to talking to you and helping you. And uh, it's, it's an amazingly you know, um, cooperative uh, society here as far as helping people you know, to, uh, to get their next challenge. Do you have any stories of when you met, went to a meetup uh, and you met someone specifically open the door and also how would you advise to start a conversation with someone like what is the how, how do you then I mean it sounds intuitive for people who's been done it for years but if someone hasn't gone to too many meetups how do you approach it meeting reaching out to someone strange in a, in a meetup right so uh, it depends on who you're looking to reach out to so if for example you're going to a meetup or to um, a gathering let's say Shmo um, time 8200 has a gathering mm. of companies that have been have people who were in 8200 and have started up companies uh, which I believe is open for the public as well if you sign up in advance mm. um, or if you go to a meetup and you want to meet with the companies that are actually uh, showing their products so first of all to definitely do your homework again homework is critical um, understand what that company does understand where you could potentially um, add value uh, generally when I meet I'm going to step back for a minute when I meet someone for coffee um, I'll recommend to them to look at Uh, you know first we'll go through what kind of companies what industry is right for them and then we'll go through we'll make a list of 10 different companies and I'll tell them that 
we can get to probably senior people in almost any of those companies through the different organizations or through existing contacts. You have to go in and you have to look at those companies and you have to decide, this is the value I can add to that company. And then you can put together an email or a letter that uh, will actually touch base because you're, you're coming to these, these companies warm. It's not a cold lead, it's a warm lead. Maybe not hot yet, but you can. We can then send this on to the uh, to the vice president or the recruiting manager or whatever, saying, "This is a new ole. This is um, what they can bring to the table, and this is how they can add value to your company." And when you put that together, it's a lot more. It's it's um, re- they they react much better than if you're just coming in cold, sending a CV. So it's the same thing with the meetups. If you come, you know, you see the person presenting, you've already done your homework, you come to them at, you, at the break, and you say, hey, can I have a minute? You know, I just wanted to tell you, I just came from whichever country you just came from, and there are companies that I've worked with there that are doing things that might be a good complement to what you're doing, mm. which could help you to, to you know, uh, propel your business forward, whatever. You know, touch on a point, either a technology point, or, you know, if you're in technology, a business point if you're in business. Try to get something that will... You know that will, you know, get their interest going, in what it is that you have to say. Okay, so that you, you mentioned now with the speaker of the event. What about the other people who are there at the event? It's difficult to check out uh, to, to do too much homework because you don't really know who is. You can you can look at Meetup.com and usually they they show who said they're attending. Um, but it, it is it, it is going to be a more random crowd who's going to come. You don't really know who is there. Right. So, so so it's a more random crowd, but if you've done homework initially um, and you've decided these are the companies that I'd like to target and you mm-hmm. go down the list and you see some of those companies there. At the event, yeah. Yeah, then it's easy and you yeah, just yeah, look yeah. for the tags and uh, you know and you can approach them. Otherwise, just go up to the person and say, "Hi, you know, my name is so and so. I just made Aliyah recently. Um, what do you do?" Yeah. And people will answer you. Yeah. And people will start a conversation. Be conversational, you know, and um, don't be shy. Yeah. Um, don't just sit down in the corner. <laughs> you know, you have to be out there. Israelis are out there. Israelis talk with their hands. Israelis are, you know, great, great conversationalists. And, yeah. um, you know, you just have to play the other side. Okay. So, so go out there and talk to them. And people come to these meetups because they want to meet people. Uh, obviously, this is not just a random thing. In that sense, it's not like going up to some stranger, no connection. People are here to meet other people at these meetups usually. So um, let's say you meet someone at a meetup and you think this is someone of the, your target companies. You targeted the, the 20 companies. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about how would you find those companies? Uh, okay. How would you target that? How would you make that list before? Um, but my, my real question is more like afterwards, how do you then follow up? How do you... Do you um, well, what is your goal with, with this small interaction? Let's say you have a five minutes uh, interaction, you talk a little bit small talk, um, then what's next? Well, how do you take this further? Okay, let's start with the list first, okay. and then we'll move to the um, and then we'll move to the question. So, uh, the organizations that we work with, whether it's Kvayim, Nefesh Benefesh, or or some of the others, um, they have a lot of good contacts, um, and we also have a lot of good contacts into, for example, the venture capitalists uh, of the country, which there are many. Um, whether it's Aleph or Greylock or Pitango or Carmel Ventures or Viola or you know some of the others, Magma. So 
these these organizations they deal with many companies so you have two choices you can look and say okay i really want to try to get into one of the big companies the checkpoints the mdocs the the nice the um i don't know cyberoc or cyber reason some of the big cyber companies and this is right for me for this reason or you want to say okay i want to explore what's out there so going into the websites of these um these venture capital venture capital uh, websites you can get a list of many different um, companies in many different industries. They tend to be smaller companies um, which haven't yet gone uh, gone public or some of them have actually brought in a lot of uh, investment money. Uh, and you can go through those and it's a one-to-many relationship and you can you can decide for yourself which ones you're interested in. That's one way. Another way is just to go to the websites. There's um, There are all kinds of websites of listings um, of companies uh, based in Israel, whether they're uh, accelerator-based, whether they're venture capital-based, whether they're you know just uh, privately funded, and so on, and you can you can go through those as well. And by the way, here we're not just talking about tech companies. You know, for example, um, Ingvaim and the other organizations. We have contacts in the top four you know accounting firms, whether it's ENY, Deloitte, uh, and so on. So it, depending on what you're looking for, whether it's tech, whether it's uh, real estate, whether it's, um, you know, accounting or some of the other fields, um, even law, uh, you know, there are contacts in just about every one of these. And you have to decide, okay, these are the types of companies, you know, that I'm interested in. So how do we progress from the hello? Okay, so hi, how are you, right? Um, if, if you're a good conversationalist and if you've, you know, you've uh, done your homework and you have, you can find very quickly some area, you know, oh, you're doing that. Great. This is what I've done. There might be even a, a match there. You know, it would be really nice if we could meet up and, uh, you know, try to, you know, just have like, you know, a short conversation to see if there are any potential um, opportunities in your, in your organization. Um, you know, you can exchange, you should always have a business card, even if you don't have a, um, well, today, business cards, you know, I'm, I'm going to be told I'm coming from the old world. You know, make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date. You can just scan, um, you know, you can put on the, uh, the finder in LinkedIn and you can automatically be connected to that person and, and try to arrange a solid time to call that person or to meet with that person, you know, a few days later. Everybody has their calendar on their phones these days and um, you can simply pull up and try to arrange a very short meeting. And if it's not the right person in the organization, try to find that to get the name of the person that is the right person at least an email address that you could then you know continue on with uh, with a contact okay great and um, do you let me see here in a second do you have a, a system for for keeping up with these connections because I, I mean I went to our crowd event the other day and I got maybe 50 new business cards um, I, I have to be honest I, I don't I don't follow up structurally enough I, I have to really that's something I have to work on how do you do it how do you keep track on you or do you have a system or is this also hmm. that that's a really good question I use LinkedIn for example as a marketing platform because mm. I'm a marketeer so yeah. I have uh, 22,000 23,000 contacts on LinkedIn depending on the field that I'm in right now I'm in data analytics I have a lot of uh, CDOs chief data officers um, in my LinkedIn uh, when I was in cyber I had a lot of cyber uh, CISOs so keeping up to date with uh, people, um, I tend to go, you know, I, I wasn't actually at our crowd this year only because I was overseas, but I tend to go to some of the bigger um, events, for mm -hmm. example, Journey. 
uh, that ENY puts on in October, November time frame. Our crowd, John Medved, and uh, you know the great job that he's been doing. Uh, there are a few other types of events where I know if I go there, I'll probably see people that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, the people I'm closest to, we stay in contact either by meeting up for dinner when we're both overseas or on the planes or, or whatever. Um, you know what? Leave time in the week to have, even when you're working, leave time in the week to have two or three coffee meetings to either meet for breakfast, to meet for lunch, to meet for coffee, to meet at the, you know, at the end of the day. Stay in contact with the people who are close to you, close to your heart, mm -hmm. um, also important for you uh, in the industry. Um, and you should, uh, you should definitely try to keep up with them, Facebook, LinkedIn, and so on. And, you know, throw them a message now and then. And uh, I, don't, I don't have a, you know, I wish I did, but I, I don't have, let's say, a, maybe that's a, the next startup, <laughs> you know, a way of keeping track and keeping in touch with the people you really want to keep in touch with. Yeah. Um, in addition to Facebook and, uh, <laughs> you know, and LinkedIn and so on. Okay. Do you have any stories of, you said, first of all, uh, the reason, the way I got to you is because I know Le, he, um, he, he mentioned you as uh, one of his network mentors. Do you have some good stories that you saw out? Uh, this is someone who, like specifically, I know you mentioned some examples of people, but do you have like specific example of someone who, who, who how he did it from A to B to C, how he um, started a conversation, started uh, reaching out to someone, um, and, uh, and I definitely agree with you that you should try and warm the cold call in, in some ways. Uh, and then he got to, to where he is today. Do you have some? Yeah. Some, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a few examples, but maybe we'll just take one um, in particular. Um, actually, uh, somebody who I knew before, uh, so it was actually a friend of mine who was leaving a position. And he started networking. He started going out to the meetups, and he started going out, and he started making himself a short list and reaching out to companies, mm -hmm. uh, but he wasn't getting much response. What, a short list of companies or short list of people? No, short list of, com of companies okay. that he was interested in. Okay. He thought he could go direct because he had already worked here in the market. So yeah. this is actually an example of somebody who already had worked here. Yeah, yeah. We can start with that. Um, and then he wasn't getting much response. One second. One second. Sorry, I had to take it off. Okay, sorry about that. That's okay. So um, he wasn't getting much response. And so then I said to him, you know, go back to a ABC. Set up your short list of people that you should be talking to. Yeah. Uh, see who has contacts into which companies. And then um, he started working with people, and I started working with him as well, sending out um, his resume to all kinds of companies. In fact, um, there was somebody that I had worked with at Gilat uh, Satellite Networks who... Uh, was now the CEO of a particular company. And when he came into interview, he said, why did I get your in your CV from three different people? <laughs> <laughs> so, and that, that was actually quite good because it was three, and he said, where do you know David from? So it was three people that he, the person liked and respected, and, and that's always a, a plus. Um, and in the end, he... He didn't take the position that he was offered in that company. He started working for uh, for another organization that I did not help him get into, but okay. somebody else did. Okay. Um, but uh, that was a very successful process, um, and uh, and it worked out very well. And he's still in that company today, so that was a good one. Um, I have uh, I have <laughs> actually somebody who. Um, who uh, was in one of the seminars that I gave. I, I, 10 years ago, I was giving seminars like once, twice a year on how to break into the Israeli high-tech market. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about John. Okay, John, because he, he doesn't mind if I talk about him. So John Edward? No, no. <laughs> no, it's a different John. Okay. So um, 
the I, I have a few hats. I also um, I'm the chairman of the Israeli Friends of uh, the Jerusalem College of Technology, and I'm also on the board of governors of Shivlaim College. So this just happened because I was the friar who was willing to do things for free and help you know organizations. Um, and by the way, I highly recommend it. Uh, working for nonprofits uh, gives you a particular you know reward that you know a feeling of of doing and you know giving back to the community. Um, just a little shout out to the Jerusalem College of Technology. 20% of the women who learn computer science in the country learn in the Jerusalem College of Technology, wow, which okay. is an amazing number and people don't know it. Um, I'll say one word about Shalem College also. In my mind, it should have been called, the tagline should have been Ivy League comes to Israel. <laughs> it's the first liberal arts college in the country. Yeah. And it's an amazing place. And I'm proud to be associated with both of these uh, organizations. So I was sitting having coffee with um, with uh, a friend of mine. Actually, he wasn't a friend at the time. He is today. Uh, and he told me he was looking to uh, for a, a job. Um, he was a, a controller, or maybe he had had his first CFO job at the time. This was finance. And what do I know about finance? <laughs> Very little, right? So I'm the tech guy. We finished the conversation. Later on that day, I, I went to uh, one of the two colleges, and I said, okay, so what are you guys looking for? I'm meeting people all the time. They said, oh, you know, we, we just we need to replace our CFO. <laughs> and I said, oh, guess what? I just had coffee earlier in the day with, uh, with John, and uh, he's been working there ever since. I think that was 2007. So that was a simple coffee network that just happened that we put the two and two together. Amazing. Yeah, and he had come to me through one of his friends who recommended that he talks to me and... Uh, you know, so Amazing. don't underestimate. Yeah, don't underestimate it, and and uh, and keep the whole thing is that you, he was on the radar with you because he just met you, so you were it's what we call hundred percent mind share at that point. And um, now, as time fades away, if you don't keep up, if you don't keep uh, keep yourself on David's radar or whoever you have coffee with on on his radar by by doing some kind of um uh, up, up following up emails or or giving a call once in a while, you, you slowly drop out of the mind in some ways, out of, out of memory. And you said you do remember just because it was just yesterday or just, just before. But in a week from there, would you, would you think you would have remembered him? Or two weeks? Probably, yeah, one other week, two weeks. Yeah, had had a month or two gone by, I might have said, wait a minute, I met someone, you know, and I have to go looking it up. I try to keep a list of people that I meet yeah. just with uh, the name of the person, the the position that they're looking for, and mm. the industry. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in, in that sense, um, you know, I do try to keep up and try to keep a list. And uh, even once in a while, I might ping someone yeah. who, you know, who I thought really needed uh, help. Or some people come to me and I'm like, uh, you know, they're looking for a tech job. They're, you know, C++ programmers. I'm like... Why aren't you working? <laughs> you know what's wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, but if you if you go through, you know, the ABCs of, you know, checking out your friends and family, networking, going out to the meetups, you know, approaching the companies, approaching the companies with other people. Yeah. So don't just send in a resume cold, but get one of your friends to send it in. You know who who knows you. Um, Very important in Israel. Extremely important in Israel because then it goes to the you know could go to the hiring manager versus going to the uh, HR department. Yeah, and so, and you have for every good position in Israel, you have a few hundred, uh, at least more than a hundred applicants. Yeah, and uh, so you want to stand out in that crowd, and the way you stand out is that you came in with a recommendation or a kind of warm, um, warm reference from someone Absolutely. that that people trust. 
which means everything. That is where you can stand out between those few hundred or more than 100 at least applicants. Now, I'd like to give a message to the 50-plus crowd, if I may. Sure. Okay. Um, if you worked for Citibank in the 80s, nobody cares. Get it off your CV. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something now which some people say is Ramaut, is uh, cheating. Yeah. Um, I say it's getting past HR. So uh, if you, you know, the, the, the community in Israel tends to be a bit younger. Um, that doesn't mean they don't value experience. But occasionally, you might have a gatekeeper that is looking for someone who's going to fit into the tarbut, the culture of the company, which means they're looking for somebody 35 and under. Mm. Um, but you have this amazing experience that you want to and should be able to offer to uh, the companies. So I'm over 50. On my CV, I do not have on my resume, I don't have the years that I went to university. I don't have my first two jobs in uh, the States, which one of them was Solomon Brothers. My first job was on Wall Street with the top Wall Street firm, and it's not on my resume. The second job was in California with TRW Space and Defense, which was one of the top um, space and you know defense integrators of in the history of, of the USA, and it's not on my resume. And uh, so my, my first experience starts out actually when I'm in Israel. And the reason for that is it takes 10 years off my off of my life. Now, maybe I'll have to drop uh, <laughs> my 10 years in magic software, but you know, there we did a secondary, a $100 million secondary. We had amazing, you know, run of the company. We did, you know, it was great revenue push. So maybe I won't take that off. But, you know, somebody said to me, you know, well, isn't it important that I worked in Citibank? I said, it's important if it was yesterday. But if it was 25 years ago, if, you know, 35 years ago, then it's going to stop you potentially from getting in. And most of the people do listen to this, and then they come back to me and say, hey, guess what? You know, I was able to get into the interview. Once you get into the interview, they see the white hair, they see that, you know, you're older, um, and then you have to prove yourself, but at yeah. least you have the opportunity to prove yourself. Yeah, you have to get in. Great, we have to wrap up. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the positions you right now have open? Ah, so that's great. <laughs> so if you are looking for a tech position, so I mentioned I'm in Scream, S-Q-R-E-A-M. So today we're looking for high-performance C++ software engineers. We're looking for Haskell developers, uh, a team leader. Um, and if you have experience in other compilers and not in Haskell, uh, that would be great as, as well. Uh, DevOps engineer, QA automation engineer, and we're looking for a, um, an SDR. We're looking for a business development, um, sales development representative. And lastly, if you are English speaking and you're looking for an afternoon job, maybe you're going to Ulpan in the morning. So we're looking for an English speaking admin. For US um, hours. For, for the afternoon hours, from yeah. afternoon into the evening, yes. And, and SDR position, how many years experience do you need for that? Is that entry level? or? Um, so the SDR position, we prefer uh, one of two things, either someone with experience mm -hmm. um, who's really, you know, A-team, um, or someone with experience who's really A-team. No, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd consider someone with less experience if they can prove that they can learn very quickly. Okay. So meaning if you come into an interview with our CRO, make sure that you've gone through our website, make sure you've learned up on our technology, make sure that you can talk the talk. And you know that you can uh, take a script and and get a you know get a customer interested very quickly. Okay, great, David. Thanks a lot for coming in today. My pleasure. And again, you can reach you on email by David at scream.com, S Q R E A M dot com. Amazing. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time. We we passed more than forty minutes of recording at least. We're gonna run a little bit down. So thanks for for coming. Thanks for listening. And thanks for coming in. Very happy to be here. <laughs>
see. Putting so much into 